come and embark on this epoch of time that we're going to call 2024. I have one ambition this year for my heart, and that is to love the Lord Jesus with everything I have. You think about what Jesus said when the Pharisees, the lawyers, the scribes came to him and said, what is the greatest commandment? They were trying to trap him, and Jesus wasn't about to be trapped. He always sprung the traps that the trappist laid before him. And they said, tell us, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this, and this should be our ambition as we come into this new year. Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And in one of the other synoptic gospels, he adds in strength there, with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment. And the second's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. As we come into 2024, beloved, if we will do what Jesus said to do here, everything's going to take care of itself. Amen? So I'm going to pray that over this morning. In the name of Jesus, we come. Father, we want to love you with our whole heart. We want to be not divided in our affections, Lord, but 100% amen when it comes to you, Father. And God, we recognize that this is yours. This worship service is yours. My body is yours. My heart and mind is yours. This building is yours. This gathered body that we call Collinsville First Baptist Church is yours. And Father, I pray that you will help us to be everything that you would have us to be in this coming year. Father, you tell us that you have prepared good works for us to walk in. We can't wait, Father, to walk in them and to look back at the end of this year and say, look what the Lord has done. Father, come and move in our midst. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, grab your seat. Grab your copy of God's Word. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 today. Now, as Apostle Paul is wrapping up his second letter here to the Corinthian church, the Holy Spirit through him gives a very important two-word command, okay? Now, if you're like me, um, if you get to three words, four words, five words, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll forget it. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit says, I know how simple Ben Simpson is. I'm just going to give him a two-word commandment, and surely he can do that and this morning uh, that two-word command that we see here it is to individual christians but not just individuals it also extends out to the local body of christ and we should take this commandment seriously now it's found here in verse 5 second corinthians 13 verse 5 second corinthians 13 verse 5 and again it, it, it it's given to the individual but it extends to the corinthian church there and again, to us right here, right now in 2024. And here's what he simply writes. Two words. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Now, in this context here, he goes on to be very specific here. Examine yourselves, he says, to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or you do not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Now that, <laughs> that's a very specific and important application that every person on the sound of my voice needs to make this morning, right? Examine yourself to see that you are in the faith. And if you're not today, then I pray that through the preaching of your word, even 
from a two-word commandment. The Holy Spirit would use that to drive home your need for Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, okay? But I believe that this command here is not just um, uh, applicable in, the specific, in, in that specific thrust, but I believe it also ex- extends out for us in general to examine ourselves in general. And on this first day of 2024, I want to apply it particularly to us as a church. I want to examine us as a church. So that's what we're going to do this morning. I want to report to you as pastor the state of our church. How are we doing at Collinsville First Baptist Church as we look back on 2023? So this morning's message, it's going to be sort of different. But I pray it'll be a benefit to you so that you can see what the Lord has done and what the Lord wants to do. We're not just to look back, right? We're to press forward that we might attain the prize that God has put before us. And so this morning's The State of the Church message is going to focus on three areas today. Reasons to celebrate, room to grow, and then resolutions to pursue. Those are the three categories that we're going to look at. Reasons to celebrate, room to grow, and then resolutions to pursue. So let's get into that first category this morning as we think about the state of our church. I mean, what... A blessing God has given us in this church. And when I say this church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm I'm thankful for the building. I'm talking about you and me. Right? That's the gift of the church. This is the church house. But we are the church, and I'm thankful for you. It's good to gather together with you on this Lord's Day as the church. And we've got so many reasons to celebrate. But first this morning, I want to focus on three particular reasons. But I want to start out with the most important one. First is the most important reason that you and I have to celebrate, and that is the salvation of sinners. Men, women, boys, and girls coming from death to life in Christ. People who were far off from God, who were dead in their trespasses and sin, being brought to life and being brought near by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and then proclaiming their salvation through Baptism. Now, as you often hear me say in the water, baptism does not save us, but is our testimony, our public profession of faith that we are indeed saved. <laughs> and what a reason to celebrate. Beloved, in 2023, we had 17 people profess publicly their faith, their salvation in Jesus Christ, and every single one of them is a reason to celebrate. So to help us this morning, check out this compilation video.
we tried. <laughs> and there are several more there as you think about what God has done to finish out 2023, 20, all 17 of them. But I wonder, man, does that ever get old? I mean, honestly, when you see that, does that ever get old, y'all? I love that. But let me ask you this. How many will we have in 2024? What if we had, at the end of this year, we look back and we had 52 baptisms, one for every week of the year? Amen? Look, I've never been in a church that did that. I mean, even when I was at a very large church, right, even much twice the size of this one as far as the two campuses together, we never had 52 baptisms, one for every week of the year. Now, we, not, we might not baptize every Sunday, but what if the end of the year we average baptizing one person every Sunday? I remember in the fall of 2022, man, we were rolling. It was like one every week, and it was a joy to keep this baptismal water open. And I want to tell you this morning, y'all, it's entirely possible if we, if we will only get active in sharing Jesus with people. Now, I want to share with you one of the most helpful graphics when it comes to thinking about priorities in evangelism. This is called the Concentric Circles of Concern for Evangelism. And, 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 and this is from a book by Oscar Thompson, uh, one of the great um, evangelistic books that really is helpful to help you organize and to see those concentric circles. It, it begins in the middle with you. Right? I mean, you can't lead someone to Christ if you yourself are not in Christ. And so I wonder here this morning, are you in Jesus? Have you turned from sin and trusted in Christ? The Bible says that you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that your wages of sin, the, the wages that are coming to you because of your sin is death in hell. But God loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to live the life you can't live and to die the death that you deserve so that you could be saved if you would only turn from sin and trust in Christ. Here's the beautiful thing about God. Every person that wants to be saved will be saved. Right? I mean, sometimes we, when we're, when we're lost, we just wonder, man, if, if, I come to, if I come to Jesus, is he going to stiff arm me? Is he going to shoo me away and say, no, 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 are, are you kidding me? No. Every person that comes to Christ will be saved. Your sin is not too great. You're not too far gone. It doesn't matter who you are and where you've been. If you will turn from sin and trust in Christ, then you can be and will be saved. But as you move out in that, right, then once you begin to follow Jesus, then you begin to lead others to Jesus, and that moves into your family, your household. That should be your first priority. In your household, that is your first mission field. Mamas and daddies, that is your first mission field. Yes, I know you bring them to church to hear the gospel, but listen to me, they need to hear the gospel at home. And, and maybe you're here and you have a spouse that's not saved. I pray that you would be used by God to lead that spouse to Christ. Your household is your first mission field but then guess what God gave you some blood relatives and we got to that next circle there to your relatives as you move out into family and that's 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 your mom and dad and your your, your cousins and aunts and uncles and all of those folks in those categories that that are that you're going to see at the family reunion and at holidays yeah I know when you get together I mean should I really talk about Jesus <laughs> yes now don't be that guy that everybody's like oh gosh here he comes get out of the way right but find ways to talk about the Lord. God gave you that family that you might reach them for Christ. And then moves out into neighbors. And neighbors aren't just the people that live right next door to you. It's those people that are next to you where you live, where you work. 
and where you play. It's those people that you rub elbows with that you know and you do things with and alongside and all those things. God puts you in those networks, so to speak, that you might share Jesus. And then we move out into acquaintances. These are people that you frequent at the Dollar General or at the Sevco or uh, wherever it is that you go to grab lunch, right? You, you get to know them as acquaintances. You may even know their name or you may not know their name, but you know their face and you talk like you know one another even if you don't really know each other's name. Those are people that God has put in your pathway that you might share Jesus with. And then finally out there at the very end is person X, the stranger. Now it's interesting that oftentimes it's that person that we first think about. When we, start, when we first start thinking about who am I going to share Jesus with, we start talking about where can I go and just start knocking on doors and passing out tracks. And that's fine and well and good, but don't ignore those first six concentric circles. God has put you in that place that you might win people to Jesus. And beloved, if we as a church, just think about this. Here's what I found out a long time ago. The more that we share Jesus, the more people come to Jesus. Amen? And if we'll do that, if we as a church will embrace that, then we'll see, I have no doubt about it, 52 baptisms. Man, that would be amazing here in 2024. Listen, I'm so thankful for those 17 people that made their salvation public through baptism here in this church this past year. Second, though, I want to celebrate with you this morning. I want to celebrate numerical growth because that is something that has happened here. We have had a stellar year of numerical growth, uh, growth across the board. Now, before we get into our growth as a church, okay, I, I want to give you some context so that you understand that growth. You, you've probably heard me refer to this uh, this church growth expert. His name's Gary McIntosh. And, and what I want to show you, a tool that I found really helpful over the years is called a table of church growth rates. And you can see that there. It's sort of just a breakdown to help you kind of understand like, like what is good growth? What is okay growth? What is astounding growth? Okay. And as you can see there, fair growth, good growth is, 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 is at three to 5% and then six to 8%. But then you get down into those excellent and outstanding and incredible. And then I'm going to share with you some things in a moment that goes past incredible into like unbelievable, like right as far as it goes, all right? Now comparing 22 to 23, uh, uh, 23 to 22, our, our total worship hour participation, it grew by 15%. Now beloved, according to McIntosh, that is outstanding growth. Altogether, we averaged... 467 people every single Sunday participating in our worship hour. That's 382 in person right here in the worship center. That's 37 in person in child care every Sunday. That's 49 people who are live with us right now on our live stream. One of the, the beautiful things is, is yes, we have shut-ins that connect with us during our worship hour. I visited Miss Debbie Jo this past week and she said, I figured out last week how to watch the service on the website. You know, she was all pumped up, right? And so sometimes people can't get to us or you're on vacation and traveling. But every week we average 49 people. And that's not views later. That's people who are right when we are live. When we are right here, they are gathering with us digitally, virtually, all right? And so all together, 467 people participating every Sunday in our worship hour. A 15% increase. 
Now, if we just look at the in-person number, that number grew by 11%, which <laughs> that, that's excellent. And keep in mind, y'all, we've talked about this before, but, but this is on top of last year that had 23% in-person growth. That's off Macintosh's chart, right? That is above incredible growth. And so praise God for that. Amen? Praise God for that. And I thank God for that. Every person who comes in these doors, I'm thankful for them. But w before we move on from the worship gathering, I, I want to take just a moment and recognize the outstanding job that our interim director of worship, Stephen Potter, has done here in the second half of 2023. Hadn't he done an awesome job, y'all? Man, I'm telling you. Our worship ministry has not fallen off in the least during this interim season. In, in fact, I, I would argue that it has exploded in energy, vitality, and the building up of leaders here on the platform and in the tech booth. He, he has really upped the worship ministry here uh, with his team. And so, Stephen, thank you. Thank you for your leadership in that regard. Now, moving into some departments, because again, I said we, we grew across the board, all right? Our associate pastor, Paul Sizemore, and his team of Sunday school teachers, they led us to grow 7% in 2023. That's really good growth, guys. We averaged 322 people in Sunday school this year. And that, again, is on top of 23% growth in Sunday school last year, guys. We have grown leaps and bounds. Still on Pastor Paul, he and his snack class leaders, they led us to 32% growth in the fall and spring snack class seasons. They averaged 131. We averaged 131 people here in 2023. And as he and I were talking and texting back and forth, one of the things that, that he's excited about and, and seeing even further growth as he pushes that envelope is what's going to happen right here tonight. This beginning of the snack season seminar, we did one back in the fall around spiritual gifts. And here we are today, Jason Thacker coming right here tonight. If you've not registered for that, you've got time. Let him know you're coming, right? And, and, but nevertheless, come. Tonight is a great opportunity right here as we kick off this snack season with that, with that seminar to get going there with uh, uh, following Christ in this digital age. But we didn't just grow in snack groups. We also grew in life groups. We grew by 4%, which again, fair growth, averaging 93 participants so praise God for that growth now let's move over into the student ministry here's going to be a number that's going to blow your socks off pastor of students J.J. Nelson and his student ministry team they led us so far in the 23-24 school year because in student ministry and children's ministry you don't really think about calendar year you think about school year, okay? So in the 23, 24 years so far, they have led us to an unbelievable 40% growth. Praise God, man. That is young middle schoolers, high schoolers coming in here, guys. And look, we still got the spring to go. But <laughs> my goodness, that, that is unbelievable growth. Listen, young people are flocking here. They're flocking here because God is moving in this place. And it's beautiful to see the ministry that, that Pastor JJ is building with his other adult leaders and with the students themselves putting them out into leadership in their own ministry. And in that sense, it's not a, a, a ministry to students. It's a ministry of students in one sense. And it's beautiful to see what God is doing in that ministry. I mean, he doesn't water it down. He doesn't water it down. I mean, when they come, the, the, the youth praise team is leading them in worship just like here. And then he's opening up the Bible and he's preaching, y'all. 
He ain't just doing a devotional. He's preaching, and he's preaching through books of the Bible like the book of Daniel, and it's just amazing to see what God is doing. And then they break apart into discipleship groups, and they, with the other uh, adult leaders, they begin to discuss the message that they just heard. So this is not just numerical growth, guys. This is discipleship growth. This is young people owning their faith, growing in their faith, owning their faith, and we praise God for that. Let's move over into our children's department. I told you it was, it was growth across the board. Our director of children and media, Courtney Hatcher, and her team, they have led us to an incredible growth of 19% on Wednesday nights. Praise God for that. 19%, y'all. And that's huge. Children and families are prioritizing midweek discipleship. What a beautiful thing to see the, the, the men and women of God come together with these lambs. And that's what they are. It is so sweet to go back into the children's ministry. Right now, we're at the Sunday school hour on Wednesday night and see those precious lambs to come alongside them and encourage them in Christ. What a beautiful thing to see. So there has been growth across the board. Third, I want to celebrate what God has done through you all giving. As we come into this new budget year, we leave the 23 budget behind. Now, in 22, I was in conversation with the other folks on the stewardship committee, and I challenged them to not be afraid to stretch us in our budget goal. I'm a firm believer, y'all, that having a stretch budget is a good thing and especially it's good when you see the kind of growth the numerical growth that we are seeing here we need to push ourselves and stretch ourselves to give to God for the good of ministry all right and that's exactly what we did and so coming into 2023 January of last year the stewardship committee led us to increase our budget by a whopping 15 percent almost $155,000 higher than in 22 and as we were coming down the stretch in 2023, if you if you watch in the bulletin there, if you if you're a person that that kind of tracks our finances, you were noticing we were we were behind. Not by a lot, but we were behind almost every week. And it was like, are we gonna? Is this gonna be the week we're gonna catch up? And guess what happened, y'all? <laughs> in December, y'all gave like crazy, and we not only met our budget, but we exceeded our budget by almost $36,000. Praise God, man. That is sacrificial giving. In 2023, y'all, you gave $1,209,033.58 to our church budget. That's amazing. Now, when we compare our 2022 budget giving to our 2023 budget giving, our giving, we again, this year we didn't just exceed our budget, but our giving itself grew by almost $47,000. So I, I want to commend you guys. Praise the Lord for your faithfulness. See, those dollars, they are an act of faith. They're given in faith. They're giving so that the ministry of God can go forth. First, in our mission field right here, right? You take care of home first. But it doesn't stop here at home. It extends to the ends of the earth. You see, keep in mind in 2023 that 11% of what you gave to the budget was sent out to the cooperative program of the Mississippi Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist Convention. That means that as a church, 
we gave almost $133,000 to fund Mississippi causes and Southern Baptist causes. Through our budget, we also gave 2% to the Lauderdale Baptist Association. That came to almost $25,000. And then on top of that, y'all, we didn't quit. From our budget, we gave another $9,000 plus to Baptist Children's Village, Dominican Republic Missionaries, the Center for Pregnancy Choices, Fellowship for Christian Athletes, and Good News Jail Ministries, local people doing work amongst segments of our society that we have trouble accessing. Right, those FCA missionaries in the schools and with those athletes and, 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 and Chaplain Marks there in Good News here in Lauderdale County, Good News Jail Ministries, impacting those inmates for Christ and so on and so forth down through here, of course, Sarah and the Center for Pregnancy Choices, meeting women in their perhaps darkest moment and giving them hope and encouragement that they might choose life. Beloved, what a joy it is to partner with men and women outside of this congregation, primarily these organizations, parachurch organizations to impact this world for Jesus. But not only that, we didn't just send money out, we sent people out. We gave almost $25,000 to Collinsville short-term mission projects. We sent a team to Guatemala with, with, uh, that, that, that had several, several people on that, a couple dozen people, and then we did several other things across our region. And then finally... We gave $4,000 to Builders for Christ who traveled to Oklahoma this year for their work project. That is what we did through our budget. And you guys not only met our budget this year, but you exceeded it. Now on top of that million two that you gave to our budget, you also gave another $93,000 in designated giving. All right. That means that when you wrote the check, you said this is for this particular thing. Not the budget, but this particular, this particular designated uh, 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 cause. All right? And that included nearly $15,000 for North American Mission Board through the Annie Armstrong offering. Nearly $22,000 for the International Mission Board's Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And just over $7,000 for the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board's Margaret Lackey offering every penny that you gave to those special offerings y'all went straight to those causes i know i'm hitting y'all with a lot of numbers here real quick but i pray that that yes i, I if you're a numbers person I, I pray you geek out over those and and but but i really for most of us right we're, we're not numbers people just give us the bottom line ben what's the, the bottom line and here's the bottom line you are our, our great commission giving when we add together cp giving lba giving local causes collinsville missions builders for christ lottie annie margaret we get a great commission giving total of nearly two hundred and forty thousand dollars from this church y'all look y'all that's amazing and i say to you collinsville way to give way to give way to give to god and his causes financially look it has been an outstanding year <laughs> this is a congregation that truly understands that it's better to give than to receive and beloved we could go on and on with reasons to celebrate but those three are, are three good ones to focus on salvations growth in our attendance which is an uh, an uh, indicator of the type of influence that we're having for God in this community and in this church. And then also what we gave financially to 
to fund ministries from here into the ends of the earth. But we've not reached perfection yet, amen? So guess what? That brings us to the second category, and that is room to grow. Room to grow, all right? That brings us to our second focus area, okay, for this year. Now, when you think about room to grow, you immediately think about physical space. That's what I, when I think about room to grow, I think about, give me some elbow room, right? Give me a little elbow room. Now, as you think about the worship center, we're currently okay in here. All right, we are currently okay. Our, our regular setup for chairs, that's, that's what we have in here today, is our regular setup, all right? That reflects our, 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 our typical regular seating capacity, and it's about 650 chairs in here today, all right? Now, the rule of thumb for facilities and seating is that when your room is 80% full, you are functionally at capacity. You are functionally full at 80%. And right now, we're only averaging 382 in the room every Sunday, okay? Now, some Sundays, it's over 500, over 400, right? Uh, under 400, we kind of ebb and flow, okay? But on average, 382 in 2023, that's only 59% of our capacity. So we still have, y'all, about 20% to go before we reach 80%. But, but, last year we grew by 23%. This year, in person, we grew by 11%. Let's say that we just continue. Let's say we continue at 10%. Let's say if we do that. I believe we can do that. Then you know what that means? That means in three years, in three years, we'll be bumping up against our functional capacity of 80% at 520 people. And in just four years, in four years, we will be over that 80% to 86%. So I say to y'all, we may be okay right now, but y'all better get ready. We have to get ready as a congregation. So that means that in the next four years, beloved, I pray that we will need to blow out and that we will blow out these back walls back here and extend our worship center capacity. I pray that, that just as this, this building was designed to do, did y'all know that? That when the, whoever designed the building and, and, and came alongside the, the congregation, they said, hey, y'all might outgrow this room, so let's build in a little bit of buffer space that we might turn into worship space. And so these walls right back here are made to blow out and to extend back in a little further so that we would have a worship center. And I pray that we will prepare for that, all right? But... That's going to mean that we're going to lose four classrooms. We're going to lose four classrooms. And then quite a bit of storage, which brings us to our most pressing physical need. And that's education space here in the church. Listen, y'all, there's no other way to say it than to say this. We are out of space educationally. We are out of space. That's true for adults. That's true for students. That's true for children. That's true for preschool. We are all out of space. And that's a good thing, right? We wanted to fill it up. When you guys launched this building in 2018, I mean, you thought, I can't wait until we outgrow it. And guess what? <laughs> You've done it. You're there as far as our education space is. So it's a reason to celebrate. But listen, it is a serious problem that we're going to have to get serious about. Now, 
talking with Pastor Paul, there are, there's still room in some of our rooms, right? Not all of our groups are to capacity in their room. But, but while some of our rooms could handle some more people, there are no more rooms to birth new classes and new groups into. And beloved, listen to me. That's the key. That is the key to growing small groups like Sunday school. Birthing new groups. David Francis, the former Sunday school uh, director at Lifeway, here's what he once wrote. He said, if someone on an elevator asked you to tell him the most important principle of church growth before he reached his floor, what would you say? I would answer, the irreducible law of church growth is to start new units starting new units means starting new Sunday school classes and maybe even new Sunday school hours you cannot reach your possibilities he says without new units and so beloved we and, and Pastor Paul as our leader in that department need to be starting new units but there's nowhere to put them there's nowhere to put them in fact, one of our adult classes is averaging in the high 30s, low 40s every week. And that is a group that is way past needing to birth a new class, not just because of the space issue. You can only put so many people in one room, but because of the philosophical issue as well, that the best Sunday schools tap out at 20 to 25 people and then they start a new unit and just go talk to Courtney about children's space <laughs> beloved they're busting at the seams I mean baby after baby after I mean people are having twins I mean it's just like exponential growth <laughs> and what about fellowship space and what about recreation space and meeting space and storage space beloved and 2024 we need to begin praying and dreaming figuring how we can meet this physical space issue now again thankfully several of our rooms still have room for some more people to join in there and that brings us to another area to grow and that is our sunday school to in-person worship ratio or, or percentage well, what I'm talking about here is what percentage of people that are here in the worship gathering attend Sunday school small group? And our number for 2023 is 77%. That means that 23% of us in this room are not connected to a Sunday school at all. 23% are missing out on one of the most important ministries within Collinsville First Baptist Church. Now, last year, it was 80%. That means that our Sunday school to worship ratio percentage actually slipped. It's actually slipped. And what that means is, is that we need to do a better job of those of you who are new. And praise God, we just said that we grew by 11% by in person, 15% 15 altogether for our worship gathering. We have to do a better job of helping move you toward a small group and small groups hear me and I know this is Pastor Paul's heart you as Sunday school groups need to work 
at not just being a Bible study and a fellowship group, but being a ministry team and helping to bring people in. Some of you guys do a fantastic job of that and praise God for you. But all of us need to grow in that area. Why is it so important? If you're here today and you're part of that 23% that is not in a Sunday school small group, why is it so important for you to join a small group? Well, guys, first, that's where you're going to get discussion-based learning. Right here, I mean, you can, it's kind of cool for you to amen and, and preach it, brother, and all that, right? You get a, a little bit of interjection back and forth, but this ain't a dialogue. But in that classroom, in that Sunday school small group, it is dialogue, and you get to talk back and forth with your brothers and sisters and talk over Scripture. And so it's discussion-based learning. It's also where you're going to make your friends. You're not going to make friends in this church. You're going to be lonely in this church if you are only coming to the worship hour. Sunday school, that small group is where you're going to make friends. It's where you get elbow to elbow and eyeball to eyeball with people and you begin to do life with people around you. You make friends. It's also where accountability is going to happen for your life. And we all need that. I'm thankful that you're here for the worship gathering, but let's just be honest. There's four to 500 people in here today. And so it's easy to miss you if you're not here, okay? It's easy to say, I, I didn't know they weren't here. I, th I thought they were here. But in your Sunday school small group, that's where, that's where accountability is, and we need that. It's also where we care for one another. It's beautiful to see Sunday school small groups come together and to love one another in sickness and, 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 and in grief and, and even to celebrate together. It's also, again, as I said, where you're going to be that, that team, that ministry team to reach the community. And it's also going to be the primary place that you're going to be prayed for. You're going to be prayed for in that group. Your personal prayer concerns, all right? And so, listen, we have wonderful groups here. Wonderful. I mean, I, I, I would recommend all of our teachers, and I pray that you would find one. Don't, I mean, look, we've got, we've got men's options. We've got women's options. We've got younger options. We've got older options. We've got in-between. We've got empty nesters. We've got full nesters. I don't even know what you call that, right? <laughs> we have lots of options. So find one that fits you and get involved. Get involved. Fourth, I want to point out another room to grow, and this will be the last one in the room to grow and that's the organizational structure of this church. Now, we addressed this in the fall. We talked about this a lot. Uh, you, some of you might say, we talked about it until I was sick about it, preacher, all right? But as I said back in September, we are a church of 800 with an organizational structure of a church of about 100. That's just where we are, all right? We sorely need to finish updating our constitution and bylaws. Now, I preached back to you, uh, I, to you back uh, in September a message where Jesus says that new wine can't be put into old wineskins. And here's what I said in that message. I said that new realities are wasted by old containers. And look, y'all, we are in a new reality here. We are bumping up against one of the biggest growth barriers. And if we don't step into our new reality, guys, look at me, we will hit that lid and fall back down. And some of you may be okay with that. Some of you may because you like what you think you have. But guys, new realities need room to grow, to flourish. And here's the deal. New realities are often 
too often wasted and easily refused. So guys, we have to embrace our new reality. We have to move forward by updating to a new container, organizational structure to maximize what God wants to do in this church. Now, in that message, we officially kicked off a nearly 60-day process of discussing the operation committee's proposed updates to the C&B and, and the process and discussions and dialogues. We, we gained a lot of insight, and we found some areas where our church needs to grow. I need to grow as a leader. I need to grow as a leader. There are things that clearly were not communicated well or perhaps think about this as, 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 as we began to move in that direction. You know, sometimes, think about it like this. When you go to the doctor for an annual checkup, your doctor will often, he or she will, will begin to kind of poke and prod and press various places and all the while asking, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Yes, it hurts, you know. <laughs> you know? If you cry out in pain, one of two things happened. Either the doctor pushed way too hard, been there, I'll experience that, <laughs> without the right sensitivity or there's something wrong and the doctor will say we better do some more tests because that's not supposed to hurt right there now in fairness there was an aspect where I as lead pastor pushed too hard I pushed too fast but there are also some things as we began to push that people began to cry out that hurts and these are some areas, y'all, that we need to grow in. We need to understand, we need to grow in our understanding of what it means to be a member of a Baptist church. What it means to be a member of a Baptist church. We need to grow in our understanding of the relationship between the pastors, not just me as pastor, but the pastors of this church and the congregation. And we need to grow in our understanding of the biblical roles of manhood and womanhood. And over the next four months, I, I hope to help us get there. I hope to help us get there as, as, as lead pastor, uh, as the operations committee revises the proposed constitution and bylaws for further consideration, heading into the May members meeting. Now, uh, in, in November, um, when the vote failed, uh, 61% said yes, but 39% said no. And it took a supermajority, a two-thirds majority vote for it to pass. We had originally put out a, a, a goal of February, but given the holidays and the need for that 30-day notice before the church, we are aiming now at May. We want to be slower, all right? We want to be slower. But beloved, I pray that we don't settle for the old wineskins. It'll burst. It'll constrict. It will not serve us. We as a body of Christ need room to go. We've got to raise that lid so that we can become all that God intends for us to be. We are no longer the church of yesteryear, y'all. The one that you remember so fondly and praise God for those memories. But listen to me, where there is no vision, people what? Or they cherish. Where there is no vision, people also cherish. In other words, what they mean is what that means is that if there's no compelling vision before them, if they don't turn and look toward what God has for them in the future, you know what they do? They look back and say, I love what we have now. Or I love what we had. 
I love the old wineskins. I love the old wine. I don't want the new stuff because the old is good enough. But beloved, we are a church of 800 and our structure must update to that reality lest we show ourselves faithless. Those are areas where we have room to grow and I pray that we do grow here in 2024. Finally, quickly some resolutions to pursue and I just want to hit you with four here these are four that I believe that if we as a church will embrace here in 2024 it'll make a huge difference in this church and the first one is to be a church without walls you've heard me say that before I'm not going to lean into that too far this morning but just to say that that this right here is the worship rally to send us out there right what we do in here should fill the streets out there all right so if we're going to be a church without walls, that means that we have to organize and push ourselves to be the church at our, again, where we live, where we work, where we play in our community. Be a church without walls. Secondly, guys, we're going to have to lean into that builder legacy. That's what this is here. You guys are builders. You look at the history of this church, you are builders. If we're going to do that, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we have to lean into that builder legacy to do whatever it takes to advance the kingdom of God here and around the world. That means that we get out of our comfort zone and we push ourselves to be builders. Third, it's pursue Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? When we do that, we're willing to do whatever it takes. And then finally, I would just say this as a resolution for us as a church. Be a church that does all things for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. I don't know what 2024 has in store for us. I'm not a prophet and we're the son of one. But I know this, that God is doing something amazing here in our midst and we dare not grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen? We dare not grieve the Holy Spirit. We push out with the Holy Spirit. And so here's my final prayer this morning. May we as a church move forward in 2024 for the glory of God, growth of this church, and good of this community.